Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Randy Blumendahl, and this is the Coach's Corner. Um, I want to talk to you today about some things that are going on with Davis Cup. Uh, Before I do that, I want to give a special thanks to J.P. Weber and all his work and effort that he does for the Yellow Ball Network and how he's made this, you know, something that, that can take place and we can we can get out there and we can talk about a lot of the issues that are going on with tennis. Um, before we get started with this, I want to talk to you a little bit about something that happened this week in practice. Um, I do these drills, or I have drills on the courts with my players, and and going way back, it was taught to me a long time ago, um, we do these drills with, I call them Emerson boundaries, named after Roy Emerson. And the reason why is a lot of the drills that he did with Rod Labor and some other people that I've heard him talk about, but basically he took the court and split it from the middle all the way out to the alleys or the the end of the doubles line. So, and that's the court. And there's a lot of reasons why we do that. Some some people over the years have done that for, uh, you know, this, for space, you know, so you have more players on the court. No, I don't do that. I do it for development reasons. And, uh, you know, the, there's there's uh, a lot of good that comes out of those those drills. And Roy Emerson, I've heard him talk about it as well. Well, I mean, it, it anyway. There's there's a lot of stuff that comes out of that that is very important. And every player I've trained over the last 20 years understands what Emerson boundaries is. Well, the reason I bring that up is is we had this Australian that came to visit our academy, and he I said we're gonna we're gonna play Emerson boundaries, and then I named what game we were gonna play and the rules of it. And he looked at me and said, what's Emerson Boundaries? And I said, well, do you know who Roy Emerson is? And he looked at me and said, no, should I? Then I stopped, and there was another boy from India there. So I looked at him. I said, do you know who Roy Emerson was or is? And he looked at me and said, no, I'm, I'm not sure who Roy Emerson is. So then there's an American that's been training with me and understood what Emerson boundaries was. And I said, do you know who Roy Emerson is? And he said, no coach. I have no idea who Roy Emerson is. I said, well, wait a minute, guys. Do you know who Babe Ruth is? And they all looked at me and they said, uh, yeah, yeah, Babe Ruth. He's a baseball player, right? He hit a lot of home runs. I said, well, Babe Ruth played in the 1920s. It said Roy Emerson played in the 1960s. Oh, so Roy Emerson was a baseball player. No, Roy Emerson held the record until Pete Sampras broke it for the most Grand Slams ever. He was one of the best tennis players in the history of the sport. And it hit me at that moment that we have done a very, very poor job of securing our heritage and the importance of that because the heritage itself is is 
unbelievable. And anybody that's a historian in tennis falls in love with all the greatnesses come out of that. But as administrators, as teachers, as educators, we haven't done a very good job. And you look at a sport like like baseball, who has done an extraordinary job of that, and as they get asked to change their game over and over and over again, they they don't do it. They're still playing with wood bats. They're still doing a lot of the same things that they were doing all, well over 100 years ago now. And they do it to to secure their heritage. And, and they know that that's more valuable than any of the gimmicks that the market people come up with. And, and, and uh, I don't understand why we've missed out on that because in tennis, I, I really look at it, I mean, it's something very sacred. So, you know, that, that came about, about 24 hours before the Davis Cup vote or the, the ITF got together in Orlando. And, you know, there was a lot of propaganda on why we need to change Davis Cup. And then I'm thinking to myself, well, 125 years of playing Davis Cup a certain way and, you know, it's been the same way over. And why? who has the right to change that? Do, do, does the ITF governing body have the right to change that? And, you know, so I thought, started thinking, well, the greatest player of all time is, is uh, Roger Federer, arguably, anyway. But I would say most people would say Roger Federer. On the men's side, say Roger Federer. Well, does Roger Federer have the right to change tennis? I don't think so. I don't think anybody would say Roger Federer has the right to change tennis. So why would some of these administrators that are associated with the ITF believe that they had the right to change something, a a legacy, a heritage that has been there for over 125 years? I've got a, a guest on the line right now. I'd like to, to hear from him. It looks like it's Coach Chuck Creasy. He's been out on the road um, trying to secure our heritage, trying to do the right things for the sport, trying to honor our game, and he's doing a tremendous job of that. And and uh, love to hear his thoughts on this. Let me get him on the line. Hey, Coach. Coach Coach Creasy, can you hear me? Yes, I can. I hope you can hear me. I'm on the road trying to make my way home here. But great show as always. Uh, oh, my. You, you said something so significant just now about securing the heritage, history and the heritage, and that might be the whole problem that we have in in tennis. Um, Our leaders out there are shuffling it around like a deck of cards on a riverboat or something. It's very, very disappointing when you point this out. But no one has the right to change our game for marketing purposes. The arrogance to think that they do is 
truly beyond belief. I don't have the right. You don't have the right. Roger Federer doesn't have the right. Well, these administrators, how dare them? And guess what? If it doesn't work, they'll probably, they're not going to be around to take the blame. But it's it's appalling. In the comparison to baseball, is very good. I mean, the historical part of baseball is protected. And when they do try to make a change, they are very cognizant of the fact that we shouldn't take this lightly and just change this on a whim. Definitely not with simple majorities. My golly, there should be probably to change something of so significant like the Davis Cup, there should be a minimum two-thirds, maybe a 80% majority for, but, but why, it's it's beyond belief. And, and, and the arrogance is, is mind-boggling. So, Coach, I, I could not agree with you more. I could not agree with you more. And the very fact that kids don't understand it, they're not going to understand it. We, we do so many things wrong in not teaching the history and the heritage of our game to kids, uh, so they, they're not going to honor it. They might want to get wealthy from it, rich from it, famous from it, but they're using it as it, 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 we've, we've cheapened it. We've cheapened it. That's simple. Coach, I'd love to get your thoughts on on uh, something here. I, this is something I've been thinking about quite a bit, and you know the the reasons why they would change it just just kind of blow my mind. But I, I you have to understand first where I'm coming from. I was the last person in the in the 90s to think that anyone was on steroids that was playing baseball. I was the last guy to believe Lance Armstrong was was doping to 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 win a title. Like I didn't, I've never wanted to believe those stories. I've never wanted to believe the conspiracy stories. I've never wanted to believe that anybody is not honoring the game at, at the highest level. And and those that have those the great power to influence our youth, they're not taking advantage of that to get to the top, and there shouldn't be a conspiracy going on there. But as I say that, so that's the way I've been wired. As I say that, I just Googled, because there's there's been, and everybody I've talked to about Davis Cup has a story, and and the, the hair stands up, on the back of their neck, and they they get so excited about it. A story about a match where the drama built. It got to the last match. It was a five-set match, and it was, you know, everybody was locked in. The home crowd was, and it was unreal. And, And we've all got these stories, and I'm like, God, there's so many of these great matches, and they're going to take them away. So preparing for the the show tonight, I I thought, well, I'll I'll Google the best matches of all time in Davis Cup. That should be a no-brainer. There's probably a hundred different... I couldn't find one... Well, I found a couple of things, and then it had been taken down. You know, and I'm like, you can't Google the best match? And then I started thinking as I went through it, I'm like, that is that a coincidence? I don't think so. I don't... You know, I, I can do more... Re- I can figure it out, but they're going to make sure that 
because there's no way that the best matches of all time shouldn't be, I mean, should be right there, right? I mean, if you did it with Wimbledon or you did, you can find those matches no problem. You do it with Davis Cup and suddenly they've disappeared. Uh, you know, you can't Google them anymore. Because I remember doing this a few years back and there was a list of, you know, 10 best matches. 50. There's so many of them that, you know, the list, I'm sure, changes over time, but I can still vividly remember some of those Davis Cup ties and, and those the longest matches of all time and, you know, just on and on and on. You can't find any of them now. So it's is there something going on here that we need to know about? I mean, what what's how, why what would be the motivation to change 125 years of, of uh heritage and, and and to do away with our legacy that we have in this sport. I mean, what what would be the reason for that? That's stunning, shocking. Yeah. Uh, you know, you always look to money first. Um, money is the universal culprit in most things that um, <laughs> it, it, it's 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 Shocking. I mean, we we all know about the USA versus Romania, Stan Smith over Nastasi, and those great great matches in Tyriac, Nastasi versus Stan Smith and Lutz. Yeah, it, it, it's shocking. I mean, Davis Cup is the same as the Olympics in in the weight and its heritage. I mean, if if you Think about the, all of the Australian Davis Cup victories, those great Australian teams that Harry Hotman coached. And, uh, golly, I mean, it, it's we've cheapened everything so much, people don't know the difference between a diamond and a rhinestone. And, and it, I hate to think conspiracy, but what else can it be? Who has control of those records? How can they cheapen and belittle something as sacred as Davis Cup? And so you have to look at the money first. It, it's well documented that tennis is one of the biggest and most popular, most gambled on sport in the world. It's been open to the gambling industry. And there's even money that has been given to the ITF. And I guess they they sell the live streaming is what that what I would think they sell. And and it's now it's a matter of trying to keep corporate boats afloat and these these bureaucracies, organizations, centralized governments of tennis afloat where they become very, very heavy with. Just for, yes, yes. Just for a second, Coach. Let me let me interrupt just for a second. I, I, you know, I I want to do this in a way that that um, you know, because your 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 thoughts and your your input in tennis is brilliant. And and I know six seven years ago you told me, you know, like I I I feel like at this point it's like Nostradamus. You told me. 
you know, when they change the scoring format, here's what's going to unravel, and here's the way they're going to do it. And I was thinking, oh boy, you're just you're thinking too much. I don't. I think you, nobody's putting that much into it. No, that can, no, How can that be? How can that be? And here we are, seven years, six or seven years later, and it's exactly it happened exactly the way you said it was going to take place. And I thought, well, how could college tennis be, you know, a big enough player? You know, you go across you. You you go to a different country and you say you're an NCAA coach and they're like well what you know NAACP they don't know what you're talking about they have no idea what you're talking about and so how could that be a player in this but when they brought when the ITF had their meeting over here in Orlando in the U.S. and then we had all of our administrators and then we you know I don't want to say we packed it in with but it's almost like we've, you know, it's a white flag going up with, uh, you know, our national organization and how they've developed men's players. They've just decided they can't do it, so therefore let's change the format. It's very embarrassing. As exactly. By the way. There you go. Um, there so, there um, you go. I mean, that, that's we haven't had a champion on the men's side in 16 or 17 years. Now think about 16 years times four grand slams, that's 64 tries, 64 champions from other countries than the United States of America. So they brought in the ITF, or what was the International Tennis Federation, for this vote to Orlando, to the United States. And it's disgusting that we in the United States may be led that charge to change change tennis to what? To what? A hokey-pokey show and, 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 out in, I coach, mean, in the, the desert? I mean, people are going to – go ahead, Coach. Sorry, I'm sorry. No, there's Again, one, you know, I'm so you're right, aggravated. You're, exactly, coach, I'm just, you're, you're right on. And the, the other point I want to make is, you know, and your thoughts are right on, and the, and the stuff you were saying is right on, but – I don't want to point fingers and say, oh, it's one organization. But these are the people claiming victory. They're claiming victory that they have saved tennis. So shouldn't they take the responsibility of taking tennis down? Because unless I'm missing something, they're doing this, and they've got their ideas behind the scenes, which could be a conspiracy. I don't know what it is. Because it doesn't make any sense to that they're smarter than 125 years of tennis, but they've got their ideas and they're claiming victory. And I think they ought to take responsibility for taking it down because they have they've took a long. I mean, if tennis dies in the next 25 to 50 years, mark that day down. Mark it down. I mean, that will be one of the reasons why. And and I don't, you know, and, and maybe it had lost a little bit, you know, I don't know. I don't know what people are saying. Oh, Davis Cup this, Davis. No, it, you know, it, it. they're looking at it completely wrong. Number one, the way drama is built in tennis, Davis Cup is a perfect team format. It's built through time and through situations. 
It's not the shot. It's not the, the sports center highlight. And you get down to a last match, three out of five, and everything's tied up. You've got more pressure than you would have if it's just tied up two sets well, all. You've got two. I mean, that's that's what makes Davis Cup special. Coach, it's built <laughs> over months, too. The drama starts months before right. as they start defeating different countries and advancing through the ranks. And think about what it meant for a small country like Croatia to win Davis Cup or Serbia. I mean, these small countries, you know, I mean, they win Davis Cup or they beat the United States. That's huge. Now, I cannot imagine that these countries said, oh, wow, we want to do it all in a 10-day period in Palm Springs, California, where we're going to have retired people coming out there and wow, and be right on America's turf, and wow, it's going to be a hokey po oh and, oh, and wow, that's going to be better for our country. So the deck had to have been loaded. This is not a consensus or something. I mean, I, I see Harry Hoffman rolling over in his grave or, the you know, people just going, my golly. So you dilute, you pollute, and then you prostitute with the marketeers and the sport goes kaput. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, I'm making a joke, but it's really, no, if you well think said. about it, very the well cheapening, said. the diluting of the sport, the diluting with the, mar- the, oh, my golly, and then you pollute it, you dilute it with the cheapening with the scoring and all that, and the going abbreviated scoring or gimmick scoring or bullwinkle scoring, whatever you want to call it, and then you pollute, you pollute with the money or you pollute with cheap rules, changing, you pollute it by changing rules that have been in existence for a hundred some years. And who are these guys? These guys should please stand up and have the guts to stand up. Shame on you. I, I just, shame is not, nobody's, nobody gets shamed anymore. But this is the worst. And then yeah. you prostitute. You sell it for money. You gamble. Gambling money. You sell it. Uh, so what's going to happen to this? This doesn't inspire. Our sport, you're going to kill it. The minute you get the racketeers in there, in the you know, marketeers, you 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 still you kill it, and and there's nothing honorable. And do you want your kids playing? No. Oh, and what in college tennis? Are you kidding me? College tennis has has been gone for a few years now. There's nothing good happening there. No players being developed. They've overregulated it. Now they've changed the scoring. They've got this circus. It's a circus atmosphere. By the way, Ringling, the Barnum and Bailey Circus died. The circus we created by the ITA, the ITA creating the circus they're creating, is going to kill off college tennis. It's already dying. It's bleeding right now. The the sustainability does not come from – the, the glitz and the glamour of, of a you know something in the moment. It comes from hundreds of, and 
20, 30, 40, Americans. hundreds of years of doing things and setting the bar high and doing things that other people can't do. And that's what these guys don't understand. And, and one thing that you said that I, I think it really stuck in my head was cheapening. And I'm thinking to myself, why? And they ju- I just I know they don't understand enough of what's going on yet, but eventually it'll sink in. But why the greatest Davis Cup players of all time, and a lot of them are still alive. Why are these guys more outraged? Because don't they understand that that cheapens their legacy? That that, that it's going to completely change the way people think about tennis, and they're going to, oh, you know, they didn't play the real stuff back then. They were doing this, or, and and hey, it's not really a real event now, and blah blah blah. So it's they don't understand that, I guess, because. Well, you Some know, of these players, um, I mean, they, 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 their whole career was was uplifted by the greatness that they did in, in Davis Cup, and, and, and it should have been. It should have been. Um, and the, and uh, that, I mean, the reason I say this, Coach, is I remember talking to you a few years back when you're inducted into the College Hall of Fame, and then a few years later we've got some people that are inducted because they're, they're tennis enthusiasts. They're they put administrators in, and then when they put administrators in, go ahead. I'm sorry, Coach. I'm getting so upset. If you put in 10,000 hours of everything you had on the court, these guys have maybe put in 10 minutes. I mean, and everybody knows it. So if you don't think that that cheapens, you know, that, that Hall of Fame, I, you know, yes. I, well, it, it absolutely does. does. I have my whole my whole career. I dreamed of trying to get in the Hall of Fame. Now they put administrators in, tennis enthusiasts, and, and it cheapens it. It makes it not worth anything. Who cares? I don't. You don't want to be a part of a club of, that's been cheapened like this. But you know, we ask why they're cheapening it. And what's happened to our great stars? Where is the outrage with some of our great stars? I believe two things. I believe there's a saying that if you tell a big lie often enough that it ends up being something that people believe. And I believe these administrators basically have lied about votes lied about getting consensus. They'll tell the older people, I wonder what Rod Laver really thinks about this. You know, I mean, he's probably, oh, my God. But, you know, people who are doing the right thing usually do not speak out right away. You know, they, they don't, they're not that kind of people. You know, they, they a lot of times they're just, uh, well, maybe this is the way that everybody wanted it, but this is not the time to not speak out. This is, once they go this route, they'll go down this this route, it, it, it's, you know, it's done. It, it really is. What happens now you, if the United States gets knocked out early and the financial part of Indian Wells becomes a bomb? Okay, what happens then? You got the last match, Croatia playing somebody, and nobody shows up. What are, what are they going to do? Bus school kids in to to watch, 
I mean, it, it's uh, it's really just appalling. And since I lived overseas as well, I can tell everybody out there the Davis Cup is the chief financial thing in each of these tennis countries, these smaller countries. But more important than that, it is the biggest and the greatest honor that most of these kids who make the Davis Cup team from some of the Southeast Asian countries that I was at and some of the smaller countries, it's the greatest thing there is for them to represent their country. And now they're going to put it together. Coach, they're calling it the, let's see, the World Cup of tennis. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. We're copying a soccer name? We're copying, what, what, what? It's just beyond belief that these guys would do this. Who are these guys? Well, I know who they are. And, you know, there there is a deep state. There's a deep state, and we got to call it out. Coach, I'm very upset about this. I just – there's so many things that you're, you've hit upon that uh, – but until people are outraged, nothing's going to happen. You, you can't just sit around on your hands and say – Wow, well, it's too bad. Let's see how this one goes. Well, this one is going to go down the toilet. And I can predict it now. And I've always said, I knew what was going to happen with college tennis. I told you, I've told people that once they screw with college tennis, they're going to push it down into the junior ranks. Now we've got six game sets being played for doubles matches. They call it doubles match, a six-game set. Everybody doesn't get to serve even twice in the six-game. What is it's ridiculous? And, and they're playing tiebreakers for the third set. We have 17-year-old kids who have not even played a third set match in their life. Now, how in the world are we ever going to train great players with that? Well, I guess if the U.S. has enough power with our administrators, what they're going to do is, they're going to change the format so we soft Americans can win something. And, and it's, I heard that the United States was the only country with a Grand Slam tournament that voted for this. Where did they get the other votes? The other Grand Slam countries said no. So, Coach, there's a lot that we should be doing. We need to get organized, and we need to do something. We need people to stand up and if you veteran players are out there those of you who I've loved and were thought were so great and inspired me as a kid if you're listening to this broadcast you need to stand up and speak out this is outrageous this is outrageous this thing that they're doing very well very well said coach I uh, I I really you know, I, did, I, I keep looking at things as opportunities for the coaches out there and the, and the parents out there. And but there's a time when, you know, I get very discouraged because early on I was told that, you know, no player, no no person's greater than the game, and I really believe that. And if if we cherished the history of our game in that in the, through those lenses and that light, these decisions would not be made. I mean, it's it's something that that really is disturbing to me. Um, 
and and I, you know, these Davis Cup heroes that became, you know, part of the inspiration of of really a whole group of players that came up. I mean, you know, what's I just I don't I don't get where. I don't understand what they're thinking. I mean, they're not looking at it through those lenses. It's so simple that your your participation is not going to create anything that inspires them. Without inspiration, you're not going to have the next generation of tennis players, period. So, you know, somebody's got to wake up, but really it comes back to leadership. Stop coming up. Stop trying to self-promote Stop trying to gain control of something that you don't have control of and let's start giving back to this great game that's gave us all opportunities. And by giving back, we honor the game. We don't try to take away and put our own little mark on it for our own self-serving reasons. So coach, thank you, Coach. Could I, Coach, can I, I jump in just one more yep. second here? Um, yes, um, I grew, I grew up in the state of Indiana. Indiana basketball is countrywide, universally known for the greatest ba- basketball in the state or in the country. Until, however, they were, for years and years they had a one-class system. Everybody, every small team, every big team, in the state, we're in the same tournament. Over 600 teams competed in the state tournament. So what happened was you would play for over four weekends, and the best team would emerge and be the state champion. And it's the greatest thing that for every kid growing up in Indiana was the greatest thing ever until they, the marketeers got together and they created a class system where they have 1A, 2A, 3A, 4A, 5A, and they have five state tournaments. And now the the importance of, look, some of those big schools, maybe, hey, it's still something. But all of those hundreds and hundreds of small-town kids that had a chance, they had a chance and they lived and dreamed and, and worked for something, the bar was lowered, and therefore – it's not the same. It will never be the same. The class system has been has destroyed Indiana basketball. And I'm telling you, by the cheapening now of Davis Cup and making it a marketing guru thing, more money, the cheapening of it, what will happen is kids will not grow up living to play Davis Cup for their country anymore. And once you take that incentive away, you're dead in the water because then it becomes an after-school activity for kids and it becomes something that's been cheap. It's just like the Hall of Fames where we put administrators in. It becomes something that is not necessarily an honor anymore. So... I wanted to make that comparison. That's exactly what's happened to Indiana high school basketball. Well, thank you, Coach. Uh, I, I really, I, I feel I'm, I'm just being led to, to, to. Uh, I think we need a moment of silence for Davis Cup. I mean, it, it's, you know, I'm mourning the loss. 
already and it hasn't even begun or it just began. Um, if we could have a, a, a just a second of silence for the loss of Davis Cup, and I really believe if we don't get things together and start making decisions that honor our game and our heritage, the loss of tennis is coming soon as we know it. So I'm going to end with a, a moment coach. of silence. But thank hey, coach. you. Yep. Coach, let's yes. ask everybody to pray in their own way. Pray for the sport yep. of tennis and for all of our children that will be missing out if the marketeers are allowed to the, the victory here. Everybody, we need to be on our knees and asking God to preserve this great sport that we have. Will do. Thank you, Coach, for being on the show um, and Thanks doing what bike. you do for ten. You too. Yep, same. Everyone have a wonderful week. We've got an opportunity out there to do things in tennis. It's a great game. Honor the game. Honor the people around you. Give back. Good things will happen. Look forward to talking to you next week in the Coach's Corner.